0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. This episode of Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by GoToMeeting. We all have to meet, but the average cost of a single business trip is $1,000. With just one click, you can save time and money and have your meetings online with affordable and easy-to-use GoToMeeting. Use GoToMeeting for sales presentations, product demos, training sessions, collaborating on documents, and more. And at $49 per month for unlimited meetings, it saves time, money, and travel. Try GoToMeeting free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com slash stuff. That's go gotomeeting.com slash stuff.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. With me, as always, is Charles W. Chuck Bryant. You know us as Chuck and Josh. <laughs> we debated this. It's Josh and Chuck. It's Chuck and Josh now. Dude,
2: it's not.
1: What do you mean now? Well, it was Josh and <laughs> Chuck, and then it became Chuck and Josh. I'm sure in the future, it'll just keep ro- rotating. It's like the wheel of time, <laughs> right? I just, Josh and Chuck has a ring that I enjoy. How about Chosh or Chuck and, and Matt? Yeah, with special guest producer Matt. Jerry's not here to spank us when we air. No, which means we can get away with a lot of stuff. Right. Although I think we're self-regulating these days. Yeah, we're doing pretty well. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, Chuck, yes, you want to get into it? Sure. You remember the the earthquake in May of 2008 in China, S- Sichuan province? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it killed like 80,000 people, I think, right? Awful.
2: A 7.9. Yes. In the old Richter scale.
1: Right. Is that how we pronounce it?
2: <laughs> no. I thought you spoke German. I just thought it'd be funny if we mispronounce like even things that everybody knows, because we have a reputation for mispronouncing difficult things. All right. Let's start doing it. The Richter scale. Okay.
1: Uh, well, the uh, on the Richter squa- scale, <laughs> <laughs> can we do that? Sure. Uh, it hit a, what'd you say, a 7.9? Yeah, thereabouts, and like I said, killed eighty thousand people. It was an enormous, horrific earthquake, and um, very quickly, you know, uh, I remember NPR was there because they were like covering the Olympics, so everybody went to Sichuan instead. Right, sure, because it was right before the Olympics, right? We were here, we were here, but I, NPR did like a month of coverage on this earthquake. Like everybody was talking about it. But yeah, one thing that flew under the radar that I, at least my radar. Was that there uh, were and still are allegations that the earthquake was actually um, man-made, at least hastened by a man-made structure? Yeah, specifically
2: I, the you're pointing uh, at me the uh, zipping z- <laughs> zipping poo dam, something like that. yeah. Zipping poo, zipping poo. Yeah, that's something, something like that. that. Yeah, yeah, the, it flew below my radar too. I had no idea about this. Did, did you see that? like on a
1: search? There's like tons of articles on it. They just got no play. Yeah, yeah. So, um what we're talking about is something that's called reservoir induced seismicity.
2: Yes. Right? And to a certain degree induced seismicity to uh, a greater extent. I don't know what you just said.
1: <laughs> Not only reservoirs. I got a couple of other nuggets.
2: Yeah, Chuck Chuck
1: dug up some other man made earthquake phenomena, right? Sure. Um but let's well let's start with reservoir induced seismicity, right? Or let's start with dams. How about that? Well, that's a good place to start. Or should we start with earthquakes? Actually, <laughs> if you want to know about earthquakes, go listen to our How Earthquakes Work podcast, which is pretty good. Did we do that?
2: Yeah.
1: God, I'm getting old. I know. Days are just kind of melting together.
2: I was honestly thinking, we should do one on
1: earthquakes. <laughs> yeah, we already did. <laughs> okay. Remember the S-waves? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. All right. So um we'll talk about dams instead. These things are... um well, dams are getting bigger and bigger as yeah. our engineering prowess, uh, is not ours but humanity's, sure. is getting better and better. And our needs are growing. Right. Sure. So I think constructing a dam in the first place, what you're doing is you're just putting a wall up in front of a river and letting the water backfill, right? Pretty easy. But by doing this, number one, you're changing um, the uh, the river Hydrology downstream. Yeah. E.g., the people downstream are in big trouble. Right? Well, sure. Um, but you're also, you have to take into account the area around um, the dam. What was normally once just dry land. Right. With a river running through it and probably some villages. You know, Lake Lanier. I think there's no natural lake in Georgia. They're all man made, from what I understand.
2: That's what I understand, too.
1: But Lake Lanier specifically has a town beneath it. And when the, um, when the, the reservoir lowers, decreases, uh, you can see a Gulf 76 sign popping up out of it. Have you ever seen that? No, really? It's creepy. That is creepy. That's why also they can never find somebody who dies in Lake Lanier because they get caught up in like power lines or right. in a convenience store or something like that. <laughs> Shopping. Yeah, <laughs> under the water. Shopping dead. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but around this area, in, in what, was what used to be dry land, there's also dirt and rock and oftentimes mountains. Sometimes fault lines. Because you want to use the natural geography of the area to hold this water in, right? You ever been to the Hoover Dam? I haven't. I've flown over it. Does that count? Well, sure. I got a good gander of it at like 10,000 feet.
2: Yeah. If you ever go, this is, I mean, a lot of people drive over the Hoover Dam or they stand on the edge of the Hoover Dam like Bob Mould suggests, but I suggest (laughs) that if you're there, take the time to pay the dough. It's like, I don't know how much it is, 10 bucks, and go down and take the tour. Wow, that's my only my only tip tip of the day. I've seen it on the TV. It's really cool looking. Yeah, and you can stand there and marvel at it. But when you get down in the guts of it, is when you're really like, whoa. Yeah. So it's, it's a
1: marvel of engineering. Absolutely. Right, and like I said, it utilizes the surrounding geography to hold the oh, yeah. water. Big right. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you do this, you're applying a lot of water that mm-hmm. didn't used to be there to the surrounding, say, mountains.
2: Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you have something that we call landslides, right? Yes. And that's what's usually you think of. You don't think of earthquakes when you think of um, that kind of activity. You think of landslides.
1: Right. You want to tell them about the Italian landslide because you love to do the
2: accents? <laughs> yeah. But do it in a really somber tone. Well, there's, I'm not going to do it in an Italian accent. <laughs> but it is one of the deadliest in history. And it was in northern Italy in 63. Uh, and it killed 2,500 people. An entire village was wiped out when 400 million cubic yards of mountain rock uh, fell into the uh, reservoir. I'm, I'm not going to pronounce that. The uh, Viont Dam? Yeah, it looks French. Yeah, well, it's in the Alps, so it's close to France. Yeah, and it basically it cr- created a tidal wave 856 feet tall. Right,
1: so this um, 400 million cubic yards of rock goes into the reservoir, displaces uh-huh. places all that water. And, yeah, the the wave I read... This wave that was generated by uh-huh. it, it crested over the top of the dam. Yeah, that the dam was eight
2: fifty six, so it was right. higher than that.
1: Uh, it was twenty eight. It was uh, equal to a twenty eight story building. Wow! Imagine that uh, uh, on top of the dam, and it just came down crazy and washed villages away. You're, you're just sitting there in Italy in '63, enjoying your grappa, yeah. having a good time. Not for long. No, but apparently it took a full two minutes to get down there to uh, wipe out the the village. How long? Two minutes. Wow, from what I read.
2: That's like the that thing wasn't in uh, the mudslide in Guatemala. No warning.
1: No. And there's also some in uh, China that apparently have been pretty disastrous uh-huh. thanks to a, a dam there, uh, the Three Gorges Dam, which is a pretty famous dam. It's on the Yangtze River, right?
2: Yeah, they were kind of worried about that one.
1: Yeah, and they kind of should be from what I understand. Yeah, uh, as Whenever, just about any time they raise or lower the... Um, the reservoir, or when they initially filled it, landslides started happening, and there was one in 2007 that buried a bus. I guess it just kind of caught them unawares. What a horrific death. To be buried in a bus? Be Well, to be buried alive in any way, but yeah. Sure. Bus would probably be bad. Especially in a bus. You ever taken a bus trip? Yes. I would not want to be buried alive on a bus trip. <laughs> Nor would I. No. Because you're like, I can't believe I'm surrounded by these people <laughs> right. while I'm alive, you <laughs> yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah.
2: Not to make light of it. No. Okay. Don't want to come across as insensitive.
1: No. So Chuck, um, these are just landslides we're talking about. That's that's a totally different. You know, destabilizing the the dirt that holds up mountain rock is totally different from an earthquake, right? Indeed. So how do we get to uh, the uh, reservoir
2: induced seismicity? How do we how do we get to a dam creating an earthquake? Well, in the case of the one in China, um, the the Zipping Poo Dam. Is 50 stories tall. It can store more than 1 billion cubic meters of water from the uh, Minjong River. Right. So all of a sudden you have a regular river, and then all of a sudden it weighs, you know, a billion cubic meters more. Well, mm. that's not a weight, but you know what I mean. Right. So that's going to create a lot more pressure on the ground beneath it. Right. And if there's a fault line there, then you're in big trouble. Yeah. And
1: um, we don't really know whether there are fault lines there um, when we're constructing dams, it turns out. Uh, Apparently, there was a survey in 1990 by the World Bank that found that uh, 49 projects, like more than three-quarters of them that were surveyed, all had unexpected geological activity. Right. Yeah. And apparently, it costs millions and millions to do a survey of an area, and you may find that, yeah, there's a fault line there that we didn't know about. So companies who build dams oftentimes don't want to know that whether or yeah. not there's a fault line
2: there. I've seen that that not a lot of research goes in. Well, I don't want to say not a lot of research, but many times not enough research goes into the underground situation.
1: Right. And for the Three Gorges um, Dam they they're actually it's built over two fault lines. Yeah. And they're just waiting for this thing to blow apparently. Yeah, and they said it might be a big one too. So, uh with the 2008 earthquake, China kind of got into this issue of uh reservoir-induced seismicity. And it's already kind of cloudy. It's kind of one of those um walks like a duck scenarios. Sure. Because you have um you have increased seismic activity in mm-hmm. areas as reservoirs are being filled. Right. You have um earthquakes that that people weren't expecting right obviously but even uh, geologists weren't expecting right seismologists um with an epicenter under the dam right yeah so it's like yes dams are creating earthquakes right um but again there's a lot of money at stake uh if people become more aware of ris which is what people in the know call it then people who live downstream from a dam right are going to want their houses earthquake-proof, which is going to raise the cost through the roof. Yeah, and they're not going to do that. Right. And like I said, with China now, in it, it's it's become obfuscated even further.
2: Yeah, because in the case of China, there's probably a lot of houses that need to be retrofitted.
1: Well, not just that. The, the government's politically in the hot seat right now. And uh, the the earthquake in 2008, they tried to distance themselves because it was a government project. And building a dam in and right. of itself, is it's a very utilitarian pursuit if – a dam can create an earthquake and kill people or there are landslides and that kills people because right. you're helping, you know, X number of people. Like the, uh, Zipingpu, uh, dam generates like 760,000 kilowatts, kilowatt hours. Right. Uh, of, of electricity. Oh yeah, you need dams for sure. You do, but at the same time, so it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, there's a bus full of people that just got buried, but we have all this electricity. Right. So when you throw that in, when you throw the money in, and then, um, a 1994 paper in the journal, uh, the Journal of Environmental Law and Litigation. Do you get that?
2: That sounds like a laugh a
1: minute. (laughs) It does. It concluded that people in other countries who were, um, affected by reservoir-induced seismicity from American-built dams had legal grounds to sue those people in the U.S. for damages. Right. Well, that surprised me. So basically there's a lot of people out there who are like, RIS doesn't exist, but it does. Right. Yeah.
2: Uh, And, you know, it's not just the water pressure sitting on top of these plates that can cause it. What also happens is the water seeps down in there and fills up all the little cracks. And if there's way more water doing this, then that can cause uh fractures to become larger or to shift around and that that, you know that might be one of the reasons too
1: right and it also lubricates it doesn't it it goes down to these fault lines because you think about it like you have tectonic plates you have fault lines where the earth is basically sitting like just on the tiniest ledge of one plate over another yeah and if you get some water in there and lube it up then they slip and you have
2: an earthquake it's called pore pressure my friend nice It's pore pressure is the fluid pressure in the pores and the fractures of the rocks. And um, it acts against the weight of the rock. So when pore pressure is low, the imbalance of what they call it, in situ earth. Have you ever heard that phrase? Uh, Does it mean like um, stable bedrock or something like that? Eh, Sort of. (laughs) It's Latin. It can mean a bunch of different things. But in the case of the earth, it means uh, in the place as in water or oil that hasn't been extracted yet.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Or gas, let's say, whatever's down there, any kind of natural earth. Um, So the imbalance of the in-situ earth stresses uh, will cause the occasional earthquake. And if the pore pressure's increased, then it takes a lot less of an imbalance for these to get out of whack. Gotcha. And one of the reasons that uh, that might happen is if you inject something into the subsurface or if you extract something from the subsurface like maybe oil right or water right or gas yeah and I, I, that all made sense cuz i've i've often posed the question does the earth need its oil like you know we're extracting oil but maybe it has a really vital function down there mm-hmm. maybe as a lubricant i kind of found out that that wasn't necessarily true mm-hmm. that you know if we pull out all the oil from the well we can't pull out all the oil i think it leaves about a th- Third,
1: they they leave at least a third in all reservoirs because we just don't have the technology to get to, really, yeah.
2: But what I what I gathered from researching this a little bit today is that it doesn't necessarily. It's such a small amount mm-hmm. still compared to the density of the earth that these like small empty pockets might make things move around right. and cause like some minor tremors. But it's not like we're going to have the big one one day if we tap the oil out right. of the earth.
1: But we also use like uh, water injection technology too. Bingo. And that can cause an earthquake, right?
2: Yeah. And that's when you you inject like steam or water or CO2 to either move the oil around or heat it up, make it more viscous. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means it'll flow to a, a channel where it's easier to tap it. Or they do that for water wells, too. Right. To make water more readily available.
1: I think there were some earthquakes, some surprising earthquakes in Colorado in the 90s that had to do with natural gas
2: drilling. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing they do is they inject uh, wastewater into the earth. I did not know that. I didn't either. I always wondered where it went. Well, a lot of it, they they read. I just read... we were all drinking it. <laughs> well, I think it's a certain amount we do. But uh, there's way more wastewater than uh, there are mouths to drink it. So, evidently, they'll drill down into the earth and inject. Uh, they'll supposedly clean it. Well, I say supposedly. They clean it. Yeah. I've never witnessed it, but why would they lie? Why would they lie? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, who would lie right. when money's at stake? So. so they they inject the wastewater back into the earth and uh <laughs> that's, you know, hasn't created any problems thus far. Yeah, yet. Who knows? Uh there is the, I remember we
1: talked about like carbon sequestration uh once where we were talking about taking CO2, remember capturing it from smokestacks and then putting it into yeah. the earth. Uh-huh. And we were wondering like what what effect is that going to have? Who knows? Probably well we'll all find out one day when we do hit the big one. Right. From removing oil and then injecting like carbon, CO two into the earth. Right. We'll find out what happens. So
2: many of these studies are all like, Oh no, it's not doing anything, but like I'm of the belief that holding a cell phone up to your brain is gonna cause some damage. Another saying, No, it doesn't, but we haven't studied anyone who's done it for thirty years every day. Right, yeah, that's a good point. And an iPhone's like a little computer, you know? I know. It's like... Dee, 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 dee. I think we're going to see some fallout from that in about 25, 30 years, brother.
1: You know, Conger over at uh, Stuff Mom Never Told You wrote an, uh, an article on cell phones making you sterile. Uh, oh, keep it in your pocket? Yeah. Next to the boys? Yeah. Don't want to do that. E. So, Chuck, one more thing we should say uh, very specifically that uh, even though people... It seems like there is a consensus that RIS does exist... Right. Yes. Um, and uh, there's a lot of people who want to downplay it. Sure. Like the Chinese pointed out that prior to this earthquake, that, that in, in Sichuan in 2008, the the biggest RAS linked earthquake happened in 1967 in India, and it was like a 6.5. Right. And they point that that was the biggest ever that was induced by a dam. Right. Right. So it, we're not entirely certain how uh how how big these things can be uh-huh. um or how how much dams can contribute but again we don't really know what we're doing building dams either do we
2: right right mining too that can cause them and i also read that um building construction like that tower in uh taipei mm-hmm. that that caused some minor earthquakes because it was so big that's got to put hair on your chest if you're the project manager of a, of a
1: of a project <laughs> that causes earthquakes <laughs> sure yeah Press on. And we should also point out, lastly, uh, dams can't create earthquakes all by themselves. There have to yeah, be a true. bunch of factors present. Like, it has to be built on a fault line. Right, right. It has to be huge. The dam, I think, has to be at least 100 meters high right. to create earthquakes that really register. But pretty much point. anytime you build a dam, uh, like around a fault line, seismic
2: activity increases as you fill it up. So It's going to happen. Yeah. We're not anti-dam. We should point that out. We no. love dams. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's it, right? Uh, I think so. I don't have anything else. All right. Well, if you want to
1: read a little more about this and see some uh, gripping pictures, you can type in uh, humans and earthquakes. I think that'll probably bring this article up,
2: right? Probably so.
0: This episode of Stuff You Should Know is brought to you by GoToMeeting, the affordable way to meet with clients and colleagues. For your free 30-day trial, visit gotomeeting.com slash stuff.
2: And uh, this is a short one, Chuck, wasn't it? Yeah, I have some stuff to inject here at the end into our subsurface. Uh, we have some announcements about New York, right, and T-shirts?
1: Yeah, uh, New York. You know, we're going to New York. We're going to like throw our hat and do a little twirl in the middle of Times Square because we <laughs> made it after all um we're gonna be at the knitting factory we're having a stuff you should know meet and greet happy hour fans happy hour Uh come hang out with us um you pay for your own drinks or whatever but we're not charging anything to get in yeah we may or may not be wearing shirts uh, and it's going to be at the Knitting Factory. On We're going to have
2: shirts. We're going to have t-shirts. We can go ahead and say that.
1: That's right. We are. We We're will We're gonna gonna have,
2: have, have shirts. Stuff You Should Know t-shirts. The very first ones. And Josh designed it. That's how awesome it oh, is. Oh, go on. You did. Yeah. It's
1: pretty cool. Anyway, that's at the Knitting Factory in Brooklyn uh, on Monday, June 7th from 530 to 730, right? Yes.
2: And a concert will follow in the main uh, space sponsored by the Onion Newspaper, who are our buddies now. Yeah. And uh, I think that's like ten or twelve bucks if you want to get into that. And we'll yeah. be hanging out all night. So
1: yes, we'll be there. Um, and then Wednesday, June 9th, we're doing an all-star team trivia. Yes, featuring us, Joe Randazzo, who is the editor of the Onion, and
2: and uh, a couple of other famous type, uh, nerdy famous people that are funny. Very <laughs> but, nice. But we can't commit to those just yet because we don't want to disappoint you in case they don't show up. I guess we should tell them where it is, right? You don't think they should just like drive around New York <laughs> looking just for guess. us? <laughs> uh, yes, it's at the Bell House, Josh, and that right. is in Brooklyn, New York. And um, it goes from seven to nine. As tri- trivia starts at seven, doors at six thirty. Right. So show up early and rub elbows with us and uh, drink an adult beverage with us. And uh, trivia starts at seven. Is game on for the next two hours, and should be a really fun time. Right on, Chuck. Sounds good, huh? Yes. And uh, we'll also put this on the Facebook page, too, just so people know.
1: And if you're not um, a fan of ours, or if you don't like our fan page on Facebook, go check it out. It's um, We're on there a lot. Actually, Chuck is just killing it. You, well Talking I, to people, sure. he walks around shaking hands, <laughs> kissing babies. Right, it's yeah. crazy. It's awesome. And we have a Twitter account, uh, SYSK Podcast. You're killing the
2: Twitter. Shh. You're very funny on there. Shh. And uh, one last thing, yeah. if you listen to our Guatemala podcast, part one and two, um, you know that we worked with an organization down there called Cooperative for Education. Yeah. And they have a text donation drive going, and if you aren't a super cheapskate, then you should give a measly $5. Five bucks. To get textbooks for life for a Guatemalan student.
1: Yeah, you don't even have to actually spend any money. You just pay your bill plus five bucks at the end of the month. You'll never even know. Right. Uh, You just text uh, the word stuff, S-T-U-F-F, to 20222. You'll get a text back, and uh, it'll say, you sure? Or something uh, like that. And you text yes back. Mm -hmm. And there you go. Bada boom, bada bing. And uh, what, data and wireless rates apply, maybe?
2: Yes, they definitely do uh, in certain cases. And if you live outside the United States, you um, can go to the uh, website, coed.uc.com c-o-e-d-u-c dot org and you can donate there if you live outside the United States booyah worthy cause let's do listen to mail now do we do t-shirts uh no t-shirt contest is officially on has been going on it closes at the end of the month May 31st at midnight yes and it's um eastern time right eastern time yeah. if you submitted once you gotta resubmit uh do a one-sided design not on both sides And that's uh, pretty much our only limitations at this point. Except you have to be American.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. Like, you can't be a part of this. Yeah. You have to be a bystander. An innocent bystander, we hope. But, um, yeah, a bystander if you're not American. Right. This is an American Stuff You Should Know t-shirt throwdown.
2: Yes. And we would love for it to be everybody, but it's the the laws of Earth is what I've been saying. And I can't win a contest in um, Africa, so...
1: Well, Chuck's going to uh, night school right now to study international law. So yeah. once he uh, gets his uh, master's, we will be holding contests elsewhere, right? Indeed. Uh, if you want to send us a listener mail, you just shoot it in an email to stuffpodcast at com. For more
0: on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?